Now, according to research, the average person has 60,000 thoughts per day. That's pretty significant. Um, I was looking it up, and, um, but that's not the real significant thing about that. Um, the truly concerning thing is that 75% of these thoughts are negative. Anybody relate to that? And you're like, yeah. Um, some of you are like, that's like 95% over here, um, right? So 60,000 thoughts, 75% are, are negative thoughts, and this was interesting. 95% are repetitive, where we sit and we dwell, we not only think about the bad thing, but we continue to think about the bad thing, right? Over and over and over and over and over until we drive ourselves to a point of depression. Um, we drive ourselves to um, this, this anxiety, this fear, uh, where we're unable to do what God's called us to do. We're unable to take a step forward, um, and, or we begin to burn our lives down, right? That, that we get to that point of success, but we've convinced ourselves that it's not for us, that we don't deserve it. And, and so we set everything on fire so we can go back to what's comfortable, what's broken, right? And so um, tonight, tonight's message is titled this. It's, we're going to continue the God Win series, but I want to talk about intrusive thoughts. What's God wins over our intrusive thoughts. Um, and, and this is a little different. You know, last week we talked about temptation, um, but I want to talk more about those attacks from the enemy, right? Those things that um, begin to hover above our heads, right? And, and circle the, the thoughts that, that we allow to land and to take hold and build strongholds in our lives. While I was preparing for this message, I Googled common intrusive thoughts. Um, I, love, I love Google, like especially random things like this. Um, and when I was Googling this type of information, um, the, the most common intrusive thought um, was self-harm. Um, that was alarming. And, um, and the reason I bring it up now is uh, if that's something that you battle with, I know oftentimes we feel like we're alone in that. Um, that, that you're isolated, but if it's at the top of the list, then certainly it's something many deal with, and I encourage you to open up about that and to seek help. And, and I want to say this, that it, talking about all of this, um, mental illness is a real thing. Depression is a real thing. If you need help um, you know, with a professional, I encourage you to do that. Um, this is in no way is medical advice, right? I'm just a preacher. I'm not a doctor. Um, but um, self-harm was at the top of that. You know what the second one was? harming others. Now that one I get, right? Um, <clears throat> I love myself way too much to ever want to hurt myself, but I often want to hurt other people. Um, and uh, actually um, earlier, typically on Mondays, if I can, I try to go out and, and, and bike. If the weather's nice um, to burn off some steam and some energy, it helps me to not look like I'm on crystal meth when I'm up here. Um, so, um, so I did that today. And uh, I'll tell you what, as soon as I get to the trails, I'm, I'm, I'm instantly um, just peeved, right? Um, because people have parked the wrong way. There's no real parking area, but they're not in the right, the right direction. And, um, and I, you know, muttered some things under my breath. They, they probably started with M and F and, um, and, uh, and I was just irritated right off the get-go, and I get on the trail, and I'm riding down this one section, and, and some teenager, and this is what I hate, um, honestly. When you go riding around the time school lets out, it's like all the kids in Claremore go smoke weed at the lake, on all the lake trails, and, and they're back there drinking. It's like teenagers everywhere. I just assume that's what they're doing, because that's what I would be doing at their age. Um, but there's somebody on the trail, and it's just like, it was real hard for me to enjoy it, because automatically there's just these thoughts, like, I'm just angry, ticked off at all the kids. I felt like I was like a 70-year-old man um, wanting everyone to get off my lawn. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, I was just 
So, so harming others is the second one. And, and in that, um, actually the most common, and this, uh, this was concerning, um, to go back to something more serious, was harming your children, which again, I can kind of relate to on that as well. Um, but um, intrusive thoughts and, and things that, that kind of um, take, take root in our lives and that we deal with are a very real issue. Um, they can be as, as easy as, I always get the short end of the stick, the victim mentality, right? Everyone's out to get me or... I never win. I hate the word never, right? It never goes my way. We've all been that person. Um, I must be perfect all the time. Uh, that's something that I've never struggled with at all because I didn't give a crap. But I've seen other people, and it seems really exhausting where they feel like they have to do everything right. Well, it's an intrusive thought. It's straight from hell. That, that perfection, right? And these things begin to infiltrate our minds. I can never change. That's one I struggled with for a long time that the enemy constantly threw at me. Um, Again, because I was from the wrong community, from the wrong neighborhood in the wrong community. Um, And generationally, my family struggled with addiction. And so this was my lot in life. This is what I was going to experience forever. And, And we have these things that continue to enter our lives. I must only look out for myself because no one else will. Ever made a pact with yourself, right? I'm never gonna let anyone hurt me again. It isolates us. It's an intrusive thought, something we allow in that that impacts our relationships, it impacts our ability to heal, it impacts our ability to trust God. I am not a people person. That's a sad one. Um, I know many people that have fallen victim to that, um, and it flies in the face of what God's created us for, which is uh, unity and fellowship, right, with him and with people. I am never listened to or respected where we begin to feel little and we begin to belittle ourselves and diminish um, our, our worth and our value. I struggled with that a lot as somebody who was sexually assaulted as a kid and, um, and, and victimized that um, my, my value statement was, was all wrong. Um, I must strictly adhere to my plans. And that seems like, well, what's wrong with that, right? We should plan because we're not trusting God. Right, and the, and the enemy gets in and convinces us that, that it has to be done our way, um, and then we begin to lack faith, and we don't trust him. It's, it's all our ability. I have to earn enough money, right? I have to get the promotion. I have to do this. I have to do that. Um, otherwise, no one else will, especially not God. And so what I want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about those thoughts. And, and by the, the shift in the room, I can tell that this is something that everybody at some point begins to deal with, right? That... They infiltrate us. 60,000 thoughts a day, 75% of those are negative, 95% of those are repetitive. So which of the lies do you tell yourself every single day? Over and over and over. Which of the things do you allow to shackle you every day that don't come from God? They come from the enemy. We're going to talk about intrusive thoughts. And um, our key passage for this is John 16. 33, and it says this, I have told you all this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many, say many, many trials and sorrows. Here on earth you will struggle with intrusive thoughts. You will struggle with your value statement. You will struggle with trust and and faith, and you will struggle. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Say take heart. 
take heart because I've overcome the world. And so what we want to talk about is the fact that God wins. When we begin um, to shift our, our paradigm, when we begin to trust God and, and put our faith in him, he has the victory. God, Jesus tells us, take heart, I've overcome the world. And what's beautiful about that is there's, there's things, these attacks from the enemy. And again, if it's, a, if it's a mental illness or something, that's a different story, right? And that's real and, and you need to seek help for that. Um, but there, oftentimes... It's, it's not. Oftentimes, it's the enemy because it's what he does, right? He is a liar. He seeks to deceive us. He can't do anything to us but convince us of things up here. And, and, and in those situations, we can absolutely trust that, that Jesus has overcome that. He's overcome the lies of the enemy. He's overcome the world, and he's given us victory. Now, start off tonight. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, if you don't, we've placed all of our message notes on the YouVersion Bible app. It's the most convenient way. Um, we'll have notes up um, on there that are not on the screen. Um, but 2 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul. It's right after 1 Corinthians. And um, to give a little context, his first letter to the church in Corinth um, was addressing some stuff, and this was kind of like a follow-up to it. Um, and he's kind of saying him some things at the beginning of, of chapter 10 here, like, do you not think that I'm bold? Um, do I need to show you how bold I am? And I like Paul because he gets a little mouthy in a lot of his letters and epistles, and, um, and he, can, he can be that guy. Um, but he says this in... In chapter 10, uh, verses 3 and 4, he says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. Say mighty weapons. Mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. And I want to pause right there. It's interesting that, that Paul described God's weapons as mighty weapons. Um, and then there's worldly weapons, right? And um, oftentimes I reach for the worldly weapons, my anger. My ability. Our last song that we sang wrapped that up, right? That type of, that type of mentality um, where we want to rely on our strength and our ability instead of God's. But he says, we do not wage war. We do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. And we use them to do this, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Now, that's interesting. Now, now Paul's specifically addressing um, a group of people that's coming against him in Corinth in this. But um, beyond that, he's given us insight to spiritual warfare and, and the way that Satan tends to attack us. He doesn't come at us necessarily with worldly weapons, right? It's intrusive thoughts, lies straight from hell, things that, that deceive us, right? He's a liar. He, he's a thief. He can't create anything, and quite honestly, he's already lost. God's word tells us that, right? Jesus has overcome the world, and so all he can do is convince you that he has something over you, and Paul's reminded us here, listen, hey, don't fight that way. He's going to come at you with all that nonsense, but, but you do it differently. Use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments, and again, he, he, he isolates this to thoughts, human reasoning. I think about the way that, that I reason sometimes. It is jacked up, the conclusions that I will come to based off of things. 
Somebody offends me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have to just move to a city. I can't handle this anymore. I'm, I'm so stressed out. Why am I even living here? You know, I can, just, I can go there. Nobody will know my name. It'll all be over with, right? I'm sure nobody has ever thought about leaving the community and moving, right, over an argument. No? no? Yeah, probably all of this, right? Like, just forget this. I don't even like Claremore. No, I love Claremore, but, um, but we, that's what we do, right? This human reasoning that's messed up. And he's reminding us, listen, if you'll use God's mighty weapons... If you'll trust him, he'll help you in your thought processes. He'll help you to navigate these things. Again, the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Well, what are false arguments? Lies from the enemy. We addressed some of those when we were beginning, right? When, when the enemy comes against you and says you're not enough, and that's a false argument. And we can use God's mighty weapons to know that, that that's not true at all, that you're a child of God, that, that when you trust in Jesus, you are redeemed, you're restored, right? Um, you are a son of the most high, daughter of the most high, whatever it may be. And that's a false argument. And God's mighty weapons, right, flies in the face of that and sets us free. And we can say, oh, I already had the victory there. It's, it was already won. I just forgot or I didn't know. And Paul continues. He says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And I love this. He says, we capture, say capture. Capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Point number one is this. We must capture intrusive, intrusive thoughts with precision. With precision. If you were to imagine those 60,000 thoughts that we have a day as planes, circling, circling above your mind and your head, occasionally we allow them to land. And that's where we have to be careful, right? We want to reject anyone that's negative, any one of those that are negative, that are lies. Um, and, and we need to capture them, dismiss them with precision, right? We must capture intrusive thoughts with precision. We must capture intrusive thoughts with precision. You know, sometimes we forget that, that we're born into war, right? We, we think that, man, this is, this is peaceful, um, that, man, we're born in, in the middle of the country here. You know, life is good. Things are nice. I went to a taco truck for dinner today. It was great. I sat out in the back of my truck, right? So calm, so peaceful. Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, but the reality is we were born in, into war. Your mother gave birth on the battlefield where it's a, a very real battle for our eternity. And the weapons that the enemy has are intrusive thoughts. That, that's like enemy combatants coming at you time and time and time again. And, and we, when we've convinced ourselves that this is a time of peace, we entertain those thoughts. Well, I'm just no good. Well, maybe I am no good. Yeah, that's right, I'm no good, right? See how that works? We accept them instead of reject them. And if we want to push back, if we want to navigate things in a way that God's called us to, we have to capture those thoughts. We have to put them to death. We can't entertain them. We can't allow them to land. We must capture intrusive thoughts with precision. And I put precision there because it's intentionality. It's not something we do by accident. You know, you know where you struggle. You know where you've given a foothold to the enemy. You know the thoughts that you entertain. You know the ones that are on repeat, right? The 95% that come up all the time. You're familiar with them. They're different than mine. But you know yours. 
those are the ones that you have to begin to push back against with precision. And you have to push back with, with God's mighty weapons, with his word, with his truth, with prayer, with thanksgiving. We must capture intrusive thoughts with precision. I want you to do this. Turn to Philippians, Philippians chapter four. We're gonna begin to look at point number two. Um, Philippians was written by the apostle Paul as well. um, And it was written to the church of Philippi. He says this in verse six, he says, don't worry about anything. And anytime I read that, I'm like, who the heck do you think you are, Paul? Like, don't worry about anything. Like, come on. But um, it's what he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, say instead. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Um, now, I know the Bible says this, and I always dismiss it because I've never been able to like, fully accomplish this in my life. I do it in spurts, right, <laughs> occasionally. Now, this is what I know. When I do it, things work out better. Um, but I'm more of, you know, I, I, I'm the guy that I try to just power through things and, and try to take hold and take control. Um, but Paul reminds us, man, don't worry about it. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then, say then. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And I want to pause because... Paul's given us this type of recipe, right, to, to guard against intrusive thoughts in our lives, right, to, to shield ourselves from a, a very real enemy. Again, we have to remember and, and to accept the fact that, that we were not born in peacetime but wartime on the battlefield, that the enemy is, is actively seeking to destroy us with, with false arguments, right? And so when we begin to understand that, we can look at this and say there's, there's a remedy here. It's not to worry. Because how often are our intrusive thoughts ignited by worry? All the time. All the time. How many of those are about money? <laughs> yeah. Right? And it starts there. I, I, can, I can track. My bank accounts get slow. I get depressed. I treat my family like crap. I decide that maybe I'm not called to ministry anymore and that I should just move away. That, that's kind of how it works for me. I don't know about anyone else. Um, but... That's something that I'm aware of, right? And I've grown in awareness of that. It's where we have to be intentional, right, with precision. And to know, I know, right, if it's a tight month, I'm going to struggle spiritually. Like, it's going to be there. Um, but he says, I mean, don't worry. Instead, pray. Don't worry, but pray. Tell God what you need. And I love that because if we're telling God we, what we need, not what we want, but what we need, the word tells us that we have a good father. Right, one that, that will give us good gifts, that, you know, that, that will meet our needs. Um, and it says, so tell God what you need and, and thank him for all that he's done. That's really hard when our, our situations don't look the way we think they should. And when we've allowed these things to take hold and take root. And the longer, the longer we allow that plane to be on the runway, right, entertaining that thought, the harder it is to thank God for the good things in our lives, just to let you know. If you let something land, get it down there. But thank God for all that he's done. And then, so when we stop worrying, when we pray, when we tell God what we need, and when we thank him, then, then you'll experience peace. And that peace will guard your heart, and it'll guard your mind, which are definitely connected. Because what starts here always ends up here, at least for me. And it hardens my heart against God, against God's people, against the church, against my recovery, my walk, and and all sorts of things. But Paul tells us, listen, 
There's actually a solution here. And he goes on, he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Again, fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. How many of us are doing that? How many of us instead are going home and watching trash on Netflix? We've allowed the plane to land. We feel like crap. We don't pray to God. And we watch eight hours of some show that's complete garbage. And we wake up, rinse, repeat. Wake up, rinse, repeat. And we're wondering, man, why does my life suck so bad? Now we prayed to the God of Netflix. I went on Amazon. I spent the last of the money I didn't have. I still feel miserable. It didn't fill the hole, right? Uh, that's not what Paul said. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard me and saw me doing, then, say then, then the God of peace will be with you. And I love that because he says his peace, when you do this, then you will experience God's peace when you do that first part. And then when you do the second part, and then he's with you. He experiences peace, then he moves in to stay. I would much rather allow that plane to land in my life, right? That the God of peace taking root and taking hold. And point number two is this. We must guard our minds against invasion. We must guard our minds against invasion. We have to be intentional about it. We have to include God. Prayer and thankfulness. We have to guard our minds with that. We have to be proactive. It doesn't happen by accident. Again, if you're struggling in your thought life, if you're struggling with self-worth, I'm telling you right now, just delete Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, get that trash off your phone. It's not doing you any good. It's just, it's just driving you further and further into insanity, right? There's no benefit there for you, right? That, that's how proactive we have to be, right? We talked about this last week with temptation. If your eye causes your sin, gouge it out, man, cut off the right hand, man, be a paraplegic if you have to, if it keeps you right. And if you're struggling with intrusive thoughts, you have to be proactive. You know you. You know where you're at. You know what, what you struggle with. You may not get to live life like other people. And that's okay. That's okay. I don't go to bars or liquor stores because it's really unhealthy for me, right? And that's okay. I don't go to casinos because it's really unhealthy. I live life different than other people. And I'm okay with that because it keeps me, keeps me good. It keeps me healthy. And we have to be proactive. I love this. Uh, I grew up... Um, in the 90s, mostly, 80s and 90s. And, and my mom used to say this, and it seems lost now, but my parents used to always say, trash in, trash out. I don't hear any parents say that anymore. I think because it's just all trash in that this is given up. Um, but there's so much truth to that, right? And that's kind of what Paul was addressing, what, what we read right there, right, in, in Philippians. And he says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, Think about, think about things that are excellent, worthy of praise. Keep putting all this into practice, everything you heard and saw me doing. Then God, the God of peace, will be with you. He's saying, if you do these good things, right, you focus on the godly things, God will be with you. God in, right? God's in. But trash in, 
just trash in. And when we struggle, we struggle so much with our thought life. We live in a society where depression is on the rise. And we're, man, kids are, are killing themselves at alarming rates. Adults are overdosing, trapped in addiction. And the, the remedy is Netflix and chill. And it's a broken world. And God's word, and he says, focus on what's honorable and true and excellent. Then God of peace will be with you. Again, point number two, we must guard our minds against invasion. Don't expect to accidentally succeed. Got to be intentional about it, especially with all the depravity that we have in our world right now. You have to intentionally avoid it. You know, there's a time, again, any of us that, that are over 30, you had to like seek out smut and garbage. Like you had to, you, you, you did, right? You had to look for it. Now you can't hardly avoid it. Whatever it is, foul language, I mean, all of that things, we have to be intentional proactive about avoiding it. Again, we must guard our hearts and guard our minds against invasion. Um, let's look at Romans. Romans 12, 1 is where we're going to start as we begin to look at point number three. Romans, again, was written by the Apostle Paul. I've said this a lot. Uh, everybody, if you don't read your Bible, you should read the Gospel of John and you should read the book of Romans. If you're not going to read anything else, read the Gospel of John, read the book of Romans. Uh, Romans lays out, man, everything that you need to know, really. Um, but Romans 12, 12, 1 says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. If you've been in church any number of time, um, you've heard this passage over and over and over again. And, and one of the big things, and I'm not trying to diminish it, it's one of my favorite passages. Um, Romans is, I love the book of Romans, um, but he's, he's saying, like, listen, be a living and holy sacrifice, right? Choose daily. Take up your cross daily. Choose daily to serve God. And, and because of why? Because of what he's done for you. And, and that's a truth that we should really um, allow to be rooted in our heart. Um, and then he says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Um, and, I, and I find it interesting that a part of serving God and, and finding yourself in a place of salvation and, and all this is he's saying, let yourself be a living and holy sacrifice. If God has saved you, then this is your call, right? If, if you've accepted salvation, this is your call to living. Be a holy and living sacrifice, right? The kind that he'll find acceptable. And then he moves from that to don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. So I can't help but think if I'm copying the behaviors and customs of this world, right? If, I, if my life looks like everyone else's life, I'm probably missing that first part. I, I don't think I'm making a great leap there, but, but that's what we do, right? We, we come into the church, um, come into Christ-centered recovery, whatever it, it may be, right? And we proclaim ourselves to be Christians and Jesus followers, but every aspect of our life looks the same as it did before. Right? He says, but don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Now, if I were to ask people in here, who, who has something in their life that they don't like? Every hand would go up. If it didn't, you're probably a narcissist and we'll tell you about that, right? <laughs> Things wrong with you. Um, <laughs> so, um, but we all have things, right? Some of us have a laundry list of things we don't like. And it says, 
Let God transform you into a new person. So if I were to ask, who wants to be a new person, right? The kind of person that, that God will, that lives the kind of life God will find acceptable, right? And, and, and looks the way that God would want us to look, hands would go up. Any, any, anybody that, that wants to love and serve God, that, that hand would go up. But that next part, how's he gonna do it? Changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Point number three is this. We must submit our ways to his ways. Like if you want to combat against intrusive thoughts, if you want to be molded and shaped into um, the, the image of Christ, right, and, and become more like him, if, if, if this is what you're pursuing, you have to submit everything to Jesus, especially your thought life. You've got to, man, you've got to be precise about Taking, taking those thoughts captive. You, you've got to, you've got to man, be precise about what, what you're letting in, right? And, and guard, guard your mind. Don't let just trash in. Let, let God in. Um, and then you've got to just submit it to him. And say, God, man, everything, Lord, is yours. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The more you do that, if you're unsatisfied with your life, you're unsatisfied with where you're at, um, I believe this to be a promise of God, that if we, if we follow him and submit to him, we will experience good, pleasing, and perfect things in our lives. I'm not saying that you're gonna be healthy, wealthy, and blessed and all of that. I'm just saying that there's, your life will be better it, it, it will be marked by God's blessing in a significant way. You may still be poor and can't pay your bills, though, just, just so we're clear. That's <laughs> just a little. <laughs> um, but submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to him. Submit your ways to his ways, and he'll change the way you think. I was having a conversation with somebody a little bit earlier today. Um, I won't point them out, but um, they said, you know, there's, and we were, I mean, he was talking about um, just this thought life. And he's like, man, I used to just be perverse in, in this way. Um, but after Jesus, he's changed all that. Well, what happened? Well, he's a new person. Well, how'd he get there? He submitted and surrendered to God. God changed his thought life. And I, I look back on my own life, and there was things that I used to do. Um, I've, I've shared this story. It's been once. It makes me look really bad, uh, so you guys will love it. But um, I used to struggle with things. Fire was one of those. I don't anymore. Um, but uh, I remember uh, I got in this altercation with a guy, and, um, and he, he assaulted me. And I'll, I'll make this short because I'm running out of time. Um, at the end of the day, we both went to jail. Even though he, he initiated the assault, I ended up pepper sprayed that night and arrested, um, and I was really ticked off. Um, now, thankfully for him, this was um, early Christian Aaron, right? I'd been saved. Um, and I remember I got out, and I'm, I'm angry. And so I, I found out who he was. Um, and this was a while ago. It was really hard to find people on the internet, not like today. Um, but I found out where he lived, and I watched his house, and... I wanted to burn it down with him inside. Now, that sounds crazy, but there was a season where 
I would have done that. But God transformed me into a new person, right? And the way you think. Now, I got some people like making weird side eyes over here. Like, like I'm not that person anymore, Carrie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, new person. Surrendered to God. He's changed the way I think. I don't even want to commit arson anymore, okay? Just mild assaults out at the bike trail. But anybody who's been following Christ for any amount of time can be point to those things, changes in, in thoughts. And sometimes it's very easy to get discouraged. We want everything to be changed at once, but there's a process of sanctification. We surrender over time, and, and God does a work in us. And, and you can have a conversation with somebody, and they'll tell you about how something has shifted and the way that they view themselves, the way that they view people, the way that they view life. And that's this being played out here in Romans, that it's not copying the customs and behaviors of this world, but letting God transform them into new people by changing the way they think. And, and so we just, we just have to begin to surrender and submit those things to God. I want us to do this. I want you to, to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes. Um, and I want to share this, this Proverbs with you. It's Proverbs 4, 23. It says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. I want to say that one more time. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Intrusive thoughts, they land, they, they take hold in our mind, and, and eventually they, they, they penetrate our heart, and they determine the course. And so if you buy into lies from the enemy, if you allow those planes to land, if you entertain those thoughts, Eventually, the enemy wins. Maybe small victories. And I want, I want to remind you that God, God has the victory. Right? You, you're, you're surrendering something that he's already accomplished. And so in this moment, as you're, as you're sitting there, I want you to begin to think about those things, right? We talked about it earlier. There's, there's repetitive thoughts that you have that are negative. And I want you to begin to submit those to God and say, God, I know this is not from you. This is from the enemy. Lord, help me to see truth. To spend a moment thinking about those things and giving them to God. God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that, that you have won, right? That you have victory over these things in our lives, God, and that when we surrender to you, um, God, that, that you overcome, that, that you deliver. And so tonight, Lord, I, I know there are many here, me among them, that struggle with our thought lives, Lord, help us to identify intrusive thoughts that are not from you. Help us to capture them. Lord, help us to capture them. Help us to guard from future attacks. And, and Lord, to submit everything to you. To submit everything to you, Lord. And I pray that as we do that, that you'll continue to change us from the inside out. Help us, Lord, each day to look a little more like you. And I thank you, God, 
I thank you for your word, for your promises. I thank you for your truth. As we pray all of this in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. You know, James 1, says this, this is, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. And so we have some action steps for you because what good is our time here if we just dismiss it and we don't carry it into our, our Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, so on and so forth. And the first one is this, be mindful of the thoughts that you entertain and capture the ones you shouldn't, that you shouldn't entertain. Again, you know what they are. If they bring about shame and guilt, they're probably not from God. Two, guard your mind by being selective over the material you consume. I can't stress that enough. You know, I, every time I, I turn anything on TV, it, I don't even feel like I don't watch a kid's show anymore without a sex scene in it, right? And, and we just, 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 we're just inundated with it language and, and all sorts of things. And, and we have to begin to, to take hard stance and be selective about what we're allowing into our lives, our relationships, our homes, our minds. And number three, submit everything to God and allow the Holy Spirit to shape us into the image of Christ. That's our goal. Like that He would continue this work, continue to move us to be more and more like Jesus. All of this, everything we talked about, it's centered around him. When Jesus says, take heart, I've overcome the world, um, the, the caveat there is, is that we live for him, that we're surrendered to him. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, then, then you've never accepted that, that victory that he has. And so I want to encourage you to do that. It's the best decision you'll ever make. I can, I can guarantee you I've never went a day of my life regretting that choice. And so if you're in here and you've never done that, we want to invite you here in just a moment to come down front and, and just surrender to him. That's where you believe that he was the son of God, that he died for your sins, your trespasses, and, and that if you follow him and make him Lord, that you can receive forgiveness. And maybe you're in here and you've done that, but you've gotten off track and, and you need to, to recommit. If that's you tonight, we want to encourage you to do that. And the same offer stands here in just a moment. You can come down front. And we would love to pray with you and, and for you so that you can recommit tonight. And then maybe there's just something in your life that, that you've been holding on to, that's been standing in the way of, of what God wants to do. And, and tonight he was saying that right there, maybe it is a thought. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's just a stronghold of any kind. If that's you, I want to invite you to come get one of these white chips down front. Nothing special about it. It's a piece of plastic, but it's the act of faith getting out of your seat in front of everybody, coming down and getting one of those. I think God honors that. And so if you're in here tonight and in our, our moment of prayer, God was pressing something on you, I want to encourage you to come get one of these chips. And then lastly, if you just need prayer, I want you to know that and we, we love you. We want to pray with you. We're for you. So for any of those things tonight, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a chip, or just to receive prayer, I want to encourage you to step out of your seat in boldness and come down front. And if everybody would, if you'd stand to your feet as we close in worship.